Thank you for listening to the Paradigm Podcast. Paradigm is a young adult ministry that exists to see lives changed by Jesus. For more information about Paradigm, go to ParadigmKC.com. We hope this message is inspiring and life-changing. Thanks for listening. What's up, Paradigm? If you have a copy of God's Word, I want you to find the book of Matthew, chapter 7. If you're new to the Bible, Matthew is the first book of the second half of your Bible or the New Testament. And it's actually my first name. I met a Matthew earlier, and I was like, we got the same first name. But my mama called me Chad. I don't know why, but anyway, that's my middle name. And so it, that's TMI. So Matthew, chapter 7 is where we're going to be at. We are wrapping up this, this series that we've been in. And just to show you our cards, here's what we like to do at Paradigm. Uh, we like to take books of the Bible and walk through them verse by verse or sections of books, like this famous sermon that we've been walking through over the last uh, few weeks together. Because at the end of the year, if you've been tracking with us, our hope is that you would have a commentary on parts of the Bible. And then we also like to take just relevant things that you're going through as a young adult and give you a biblical perspective on those things, like dating or work or money and that sort of thing. So that's kind of our one-two punch when it comes to content here at Paradigm. And so we are wrapping up this verse-by-verse study through what's called the Sermon on the Mount. And I've been so excited. I don't know how you've experienced this, this sermon series, but for me, it's been incredible. Like I've never walked through this famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount quite like we've done over the last few weeks together. And so it's been really, really life-giving to me, really, really informative, and really, really challenging. I mean, when you look at the life of Jesus and the words of Jesus, you're like, I got some work to do, you know? And so we've been walking through that, and hopefully it's been challenging to you, informative to you. And the reason why we've been walking through this is because it's the most famous speech ever given. Like more songs have been sung, more books have been written, more paintings have been painted about this one speech than any other speech in human history. And so we thought it would be wise for us to get, from, get the words of Jesus and get it from him and apply it to our life practically. And so we're wrapping up that series. I don't know um, what it was like for you when you came to the Midwest. Uh, some of y'all grew up in the Midwest. I didn't grow up in the Midwest. I grew up in, in Texas and uh, we moved up here a few years ago. And um, I, I, didn't, I didn't really know how close we were to Tornado Alley. You know, like I'd heard about some of that. I didn't know how close we were to Kansas, all the planes, all that stuff. But when I got here, I was like, oh, they're good. They got, they got trees and hills. We good. But like our first few months in, in Kansas City, uh, we started hearing this, this siren go off. It sounded kind of like this. Y'all, y'all heard the siren before, like you, you've heard of the way, right? And, and I don't know, like if, if that was a new sound to you, like for us, it was new. And some of y'all, that's just like what you grew up hearing, you know, like, oh, no tornado, you know, but we, when we first heard that, y'all, if you met my wife, she, she has a tendency to, to get really excited around certain things. Anyway, so she got really excited, kind of overreacted a little bit, but she was like, a tornado's coming. So she's like, we got to get in the basement. And like, because she got stressed, the kids got scared. And then we got down the basement, we blew up the air mattress and we got everything situated. And we didn't know how good or bad the storm was going to be. We just heard the sirens. And we thought, if you're going to hear some sirens, there was a tornado among us. And I get down there and I start asking like the questions like, well, you know, this is an older home. I, 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 you know, what, what if, you know, I start running through the scenarios like, okay, if, if the tree in the front yard comes through the roof, we're going to go up against that wall. And like, did they build the foundation? Right. What kind of concrete is that? I start asking all of these questions because I'm, when the storm came and when the sirens were sounding, there was in me this sense of like, man, I hope I have the right foundation. 
When the sirens were sounding and the storm came, I started asking myself, man, is this place even safe? I was wondering, man, who built this house? And I hope they were a wise builder. Now, the reason why I start there tonight is because when it comes to your life and my life, there's this reality that we're all gonna face storms in life. And when it comes to your life and my life, we're gonna go through some things, we're gonna go through some highs and through some lows, and there's gonna be some sirens that go off in your life metaphorically. And when the storms of life hit, it really has you thinking, man, I hope I have the right foundation spiritually. I hope I'm gonna be able to endure this thing. I hope I'm gonna be able to make it on the other side of this thing. And if we're just being honest tonight, I know it's church, and it's hard to be honest at church, but if we can get honest with one another, some of y'all are in a storm tonight. Some of y'all have come in here tonight, and, or, yeah, and you're in a storm, and, and, and the storm is like a, it, it's somebody that you loved died. You lost a loved one. Some of y'all are in the storm tonight where you, you're like in your 20s, but you had to go to the doctor, and then the doctor said something like, you know, you've got this condition. You're like, I'm, I'm 25. What do you mean I got a condition? I ain't supposed to have a condition. I'm supposed to be healthy. I'm invincible. And maybe it's a health crisis that's the, that's the storm that you're in. Others of you, maybe the storm that you're in is, is this sense of like, you're looking at your financial situation. You know, you got out of college and you got some debt, but you're like, but I'm about to be making some pennies at work. And then you started making some pennies at work. And then you realize that rent was high and that gas is high and that groceries are high and that everything is high. You know, everything is just through the roof. And you're like, man, as soon as I get the money in, the money goes out. And you're really trying to figure out how I'm gonna pay this debt down. And you're starting to worry about that a little bit. Maybe you're going through the storm of, of a recent breakup. You thought that you found the one, you know, and y'all been together for a while and y'all y'all had a thing, you know, and, and then through certain situations in life, you come to find out that it's best that you part ways. A storm. Y'all know what a storm is. You've been through some storms. Maybe it's just an overwhelming sense of anxiety or maybe it's an overwhelming sense of, of, of like, man, I, I'm trying to walk away from liquor. I'm trying to walk away from weed. I'm trying to walk away from tobacco. I'm trying to walk away from social media. But I just seem to be hooked and addicted. I'm in a storm. And I've heard it said this, that everybody's either going into a storm, you in a storm, or you're coming from a storm that the storms in life or the storms of life are just a part of life, that storms are gonna come into your life. And when the storms hit, I don't know if you're anything like me, but I start looking around going, well, I hope I got the right foundation. Because if you don't have the right foundation, the storm will cause you to crash and burn. We're talking about the storms of life tonight. And we're talking about ultimately the storm of all storms. Again, we're wrapping up this Sermon on the Mount where Jesus has been walking through different teachings and helping us understand what does it mean to be a part of his kingdom. And, and tonight he's gonna, he's gonna point us to having the right foundation. And he's gonna say there's gonna be a storm, the storm of all storms that's gonna hit your life and hit mine. And it's gonna reveal the integrity of your foundation spiritually. And we wanna make sure that you have the right foundation before you leave tonight. If you're taking notes tonight, I've titled this message, The Wise and Foolish Builders. The Wise and Foolish Builders. And tonight is a night of decision. We've got one big point tonight. I want to make sure that everyone leaves this place. I want to make sure that you have the right foundation so that when you face the storm of all storms, your house, so to speak, your soul, so to speak, your heart, your life, will be secure and will stand strong. 
And I want to make sure that tonight you leave here with clarity and with confidence that you know that you know that you got, you got the right foundation. Again, we've been walking through this sermon. Again, it's the best sermon ever. Most famous speech of all time. And Jesus, he's been walking through all sorts of things. But he finishes with a series of juxtapositions where he compares and he contrasts some things. And really, at the end of this sermon, you get the key to unlock a lot of the teachings that Jesus is going through, and you get the key to unlock even who he's speaking to in his audience in that day. And so he goes through these juxtapositions. He says, you know, there's a, there's a broad path, many are on it, and then there's a narrow path, few find it. He says there's, there's, there's good fruit, and then there's bad fruit. You know, he's comparing and contrast. He's juxtaposing these things. He's, he says, there are people that will come to me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, but I never knew them. And they'll say, but there are people that will know me. And in this final juxtaposition, he introduces, he compares and contrasts a wise and a foolish builder. And here's what he says, starting in verse 24, Matthew 7, verse 24. Jesus says, therefore, now some of your translations have a different word there, but basically Jesus is saying, hey, in light of everything that we talked about, if you're new to Bible study, when you see words like therefore, even though we're parachuting into this part of the sermon, you gotta look back and you gotta get a little bit of context. Jesus, he's laid the preamble of the constitution of the kingdom with the Beatitudes. He went through a list of like, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, blessed are those that are, that are, uh, that are uh, meek, blessed are those, and he just goes through all of these things. Then he turns a corner and says, you're the salt and the light of the, of the world. Then he says, and uh, there's some things that you've heard said, but I'm gonna say to you, and let me bring some clarity on the commentary of these truths that we read about growing up. And then he turns a corner and he begins to deal with us practically on how we should pray, how we should handle our finances, how we should handle our worry, how we should handle different things that we all face in life. And then he says that there's broad paths, narrow paths, good fruit, bad fruit. And he says, in light of all of that, this is what you need to know. And he goes on, he says this, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Now let me just kind of pause real quick because there's a lot of teaching maybe you come across on TikTok or on Instagram, maybe you got a podcast, maybe somebody you grew up with. There's a lot of teaching in places like this that will, that will sell you a bill of goods that goes something like this. Man, if you got enough faith in God, if you believe in God, if you give everything to God, then he's going to bless you. And you're not going to have to go through the difficulties that other people go through. Go through. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna prosper. And, and some people will outright say this. Other people will just hint around to it. And they'll kind of sell this version of faith that's like if you have enough faith in Jesus, you won't ever have to go through a storm in life. But when you read the Bible, like the Bible's really up front. Jesus is really up front. You're going to go through some stuff, all right? He said this in John 16. He says, I, you know, I've told you these things so you have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But he says, take heart because I've overcome the world. You know, and he's told you, you're going to go through some things. The Bible is not trying to pull a quick one over you and say, oh, you know, you, trust Jesus. He's going to make it better. Say, you're going to go through some stuff, right? The Bible is saying you're going to go through some storms. Even if you do everything right with God, the storm still came to that house. But the Bible is really, really clear. And Jesus is really, really clear that there's no storm even the storm of all storms that you're going to go through that you cannot endure with God on your side. And so make no mistake, we all go through some stuff. And just because you trust Jesus Christ, just because you get right with God, that doesn't mean that the storm still doesn't visit your house. 
Jesus, he goes on. He says this in verse 26. He says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And this was the end of Jesus' sermon. So in verse 28, we just get this uh, this truth, this, this observation. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds, they were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. And so Jesus, he ends this sermon with this final story. These builders, this wise builder, this foolish builder, he said that there were two builders, two houses, one storm, two different outcomes. One remained, one fell. And so my question tonight, one big question tonight, which builder are you? Which builder are you? Which builder are you? Are you the wise builder or are you the foolish builder? Tonight's a night of decision. Many of you have come in here and as you're looking at your life, if there was a storm that was breaking out or maybe there is a storm that's breaking out, you're looking at the foundation and you're kind of unsure, insecure. I don't know if we're gonna make it. And tonight is a night of decision. You can decide tonight to build on the rock as the foundation of your life. You can't determine when the storm comes. That's out of your control. And when the storm of all storms, I'm talking about death, when death comes, you can't control that. But you can make a decision tonight where you sit. You can decide. As for me in the house that God has given me my life, I'm going to build on the rock of Jesus Christ. Two builders, one wise, one foolish, both heard Jesus' words. Both built their life. Both got hit by the storm, but both didn't make it. And the difference was that one put Jesus' words into practice and built on the rock. And the other one didn't. One was wise, one was a fool, one built on the rock, the other on the sand. Again, which builder are you? My prayer is that every one of us would leave here tonight with confidence that I'm the wise builder. But you just don't get to determine, you don't get to like self-declare, I'm a wise builder, right? That, that's not how this thing works. You've you got to look at what Jesus said, what determines a wise builder, and it's real simple. What determines a wise builder is that you hear the words of Jesus and you put them into practice, and you make a decision to build your life on the foundation that is the rock. What's the word that Jesus is talking about? Well, he's looking immediately at the sermon that he's been preaching. You know, again, this is the key that unlocks the whole message. And so Jesus, if you weren't here, he just started out the whole sermon. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. This is the introduction of his message. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, because they're going to inherit the kingdom of God. And everyone's like, uh, I'm confused. What do you mean? Like, I'm just imagining somebody wanting to raise their hand and say, Jesus, what did you mean by blessed are the poor in spirit? And what Jesus is trying to say is the, the thing that we all need to get is that if you're going to be right with God, you have to admit you're not right with God. If you're going to be rich in God's mercy, you got to admit that you're bankrupt in mercy on your own. If you're going to be in right standing with God, it starts with you admitting, man, I'm poor in spirit. And so Jesus, he's like, man, you got to hear that word. Put it in the practice. He says, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, because then they're going to be filled. you got to want it. And Jesus is saying that you've got to hear this. You've got to admit your need for God, and you've got to put it into practice. See, the word that Jesus wants you to hear is that you need God at the center of your life. The word that Jesus wants you to hear is that you need God as the foundation of your life. Christianity is not a furnacing in your life. 
I think so many of us, we think that we can just kind of build our life however we want to build, and then we get that we get that Eames lounge chair called Christianity that we've been saving up for, and we just slide in there and say, see, I got a little bit of that too. Isn't it nice? Sit in it. Isn't it nice? And Jesus is saying that the word that you've got to put into practice in your life to be a wise builder is you've got to build the foundation on a relationship with God Almighty through Jesus Christ. So i got a question. Has there been a time in your life where you've trusted Jesus Christ as your only Lord and Savior? Like, has there been a time in your life where you've admitted that you, <laughs> that you were bankrupt spiritually? Has there been a time in your life where you've come to the realization that you need God? See, the Bible, it teaches that you and I, we were born dead spiritually. Even though we're alive physically, we were born dead spiritually. And so often we try to run to all these other lifeless things to kind of jumpstart our dead, our, our spiritually dead heart. Let, let me explain it this way. Um, uh, yesterday, uh, my wife, she called me and she was like, hey, Chad, um, uh, my batteries died on my car. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, you got the jumper cables in the back. And uh, she's like, I've already got them. And it, it, <laughs> God love her. She was like, and uh, uh, Kelly's going to help me. me. Me and Kelly, we're going to get it. We're going to get it figured out. Kelly's here. Kelly, she said that she jump-started some before. And so I'm like, all right, baby, let me know. Let me know, you know. And I'm, I'm running some errands. And, and a few minutes later, she calls me again. And she's like, hey, well, Kelly had to leave. And uh, we couldn't figure it out. And I have corrosion on my battery. You know, she's like asking me all these other questions. And I'm like, all right, all right, well, you know, can you just ask someone else at the dance studio? And she's like, she says some other lady's name, like Karen's gonna help me. Karen's here. Karen, I'll go ask Karen. I got, you know, and then, so I just have this picture, like all these dance moms trying to figure it out, you know, and, and so I'm like, I'm on my way, you know, and so, and I get there and, and I just, you know, she's out there and got the jumper cables looking so fine, you know, and I'm like, I'm, I'm here to help you out. Really, I was on the phone. I was a little bit frustrated, but anyway, so I was, you know, I put the jumper cables on and we get it all hooked up and, and I gave her a jump. After some time, the energy and the life from my battery resurrected her dead battery. And the reason why I share that is because you need to be jump-started by Jesus spiritually. You were born dead in your sin. And the Bible teaches that you and I, we couldn't get jumper cables on our heart and then hook them up to sex. We couldn't get jumper cables on our heart and hook them up to morality. We couldn't get jumper cables on our heart and hook them up to success. We couldn't put the jumper cables on our heart and hook them up to any other thing in this life to give us life. Everything that I just listed is dead in the end. And a dead thing can't jumpstart a dead thing. You need a live battery. And you spiritually need to be jumpstarted by Jesus. Has there been a time in your life where you've admitted, I am dead spiritually, I'm bankrupt spiritually. And Jesus, I need you to jumpstart me. Can you look back at a time where you've surrendered your life over to Jesus? Tonight's a night of decision. Which builder are you? Are you the wise builder or are you the foolish builder? Again, Jesus, he said there was a wise one and a foolish one. The fool, the, the foolish builder, it, it's, it's defined by hearing Jesus' words and not putting them into practice. Uh, this is so many of you tonight. And the reason why I know it's so many of you is because that was me at one time in my life. I was the foolish builder. I, you know, there was a time in my life when I was about 300 Bible verses overweight. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of listening, a lot of knowledge, but not a lot of doing, you know? And I, I would come to places like this, and I would hear messages like this. I would, I would listen to the podcast. I would get the information, and there wasn't a whole lot of application. And what I needed was less Bible study and more Bible doing. 
and God began to convict me. And, and here's what I learned. Like, podcasts are easy, but putting them into practice is hard. And God began to put on my heart, like, you're, you're being a fool. You're, you're, you're just you're studying my word from time to time, and you're, you're analyzing my, my word, and, and, and maybe you're even singing my word from time to time, but, but you're struggling to actually do what I say. Uh, we're trying to teach our kids chores in our household. They're kind of in that age where I'm like, all right, y'all need to start contributing around here. You know what I'm saying? Y'all remember when y'all were that age? You know, about that time where you started had to learn to do some dishes or do some laundry, that kind of thing. Well, that's where we're at in our family life. And so, you know, we've got five people in the household. Four of them, them are women. So you can imagine the laundry situation, all right? And so we got a lot of laundry everywhere. And my wife, she'll wash things that are clean. You know, even if I pulled it out, tried it on, she's like, it needs to go in the laundry. I'm like, what does that say of me? Anyway, so we do a lot of laundry. And, uh, and so like, it feels like every other night, it's like, we got more laundry party. All right. You know, and so the laundry, and, and it's like in the basket, but heaped on the bed. Y'all have seen this situation before. And so we'll go to the girls, and we're like, girls, we got a chore for you, you know, and fold the laundry. Now, there's, there's two responses that are both bad, but they look different that my kids could give me in this situation. Now, they haven't done this first response yet, praise God, because I don't know what I would do, but the first response that wouldn't be good that they could give me when I say, hey, I need you to fold the laundry, they could say, you fold the laundry, and shake their fist at me or their finger at me or whatever, you know, they could just, I ain't folding laundry, I don't like that, I don't like you, and I ain't doing that, right? Now, that'd be bad, right? You know, that, that, that'd be very clear. They're not putting my words into practice. And some of you, when you hear the teachings of Christ, you may not say that outwardly, but inwardly, that's what you say. Like, Jesus, I know you said that marriage is sacred and, and a man should only be with a woman, but, but you don't understand my feelings. You don't understand my orientation. Jesus, I know you said that you're supposed to love people and forgive people, but Jesus, you don't understand my daddy issues. You don't understand what my ex did to me. Jesus, I know you said, but I'm not going to do that. You know, that's some of us here. But the other type of bad response or erroneous response that my kids could give me when I ask them to do laundry is, is something like this. Hey, girls, you know, come in. Hey, I need you to fold the laundry before we go to bed. And they're like, okay, Dad. All right. That's the best. You know, we got it. I'm like, man, this is great, man. I love these kids. And about 30 minutes later, I come in and uh, I see the heap of laundry on the bed. I'm like, what you girls doing? They're like, Dad, we've been having a good discussion about what you said. And like, I was, I just thought we should just sit and process this for a minute, you know? And so we had a little open community group right here and we just been talking about what you said. And I'm like, all right, that's cute, man. Anyway, well, y'all, y'all fold the laundry, you know? And I go back 30 minutes later, come back in. And I, as I'm walking down the hallway, I hear singing, you know, now go in the room and they're like, Dad told us to fold the laundry, and they just singing about folding the laundry. Dad's amazing. This, and I'm like, <laughs> young girls, y'all crazy. That's so cute. But I don't need you to sing about folding. I need you to fold the laundry. And then 30 minutes later, I come back in, and each of them have a journal out. And they're like, Dad, we've been breaking down, like, what you said. Like, and you got that twang. Like, we, like when you said fold the laundry, we was like, we was, you know, like, We've been breaking that down. We've been analyzing that. And, uh, and I'd look at them and say, hey, I don't need you to discuss it. I don't need you to sing about it. I don't need you to analyze it. I need you to fold the laundry, right? Amen. All right. And I think you get the point. That some of us, we say in our heart, God, I ain't doing that. Man, forget you. But many of us in a space like this, We'll take the words of Jesus 
and we'll be content with studying them, discussing them. We'll be satisfied with singing them. We'll be okay with analyzing them. And Jesus is saying, when you just limit the word to that, you're a fool. That I need you to put it into practice. See, I think one of the greatest strategies of the enemy, of the devil, is to convince us to spend our lives being familiar with God's word, but never actually do what it says. And Jesus, he's warning us tonight. What he's saying is that, hey, there's a storm coming. The, the, you know, the, there's gonna be a, a siren that's gonna play. There's gonna be a storm that's gonna come. And, and on that day, it's gonna expose your foundation. And, and the storm of all storms that Jesus is talking about is when we stand before God Almighty and we have to give an account for our life. And listen, on that day, whatever is hidden underneath the surface, whatever is your foundation will be exposed on that day. And you may have come in here tonight and your house may look good on the, on the surface. You may have good shutters like the cedar shutters. You may have like the good siding that's painted like some gray or white, something trendy. You may have everything in place. You may have all the right hedges and all the right points for the place you live. All the, you may have it all in place. But if the foundation ain't right, then it doesn't matter what you have right in your life. When we stand before God, you may have all the right religion in place. You may have all the right morality in place. You may have all the right devotion in place. But if your foundation is not built upon the rock of Jesus Christ, then the only alternative is a sandy one. Which builder are you? Are you the wise builder or are you the foolish builder? Uh, some of you, man, I know some of y'all stories. We love to tell stories here. And, and I, love just, I love just hearing about Jesus' work in people's lives. I love hearing people's stories when they said, man, I, I, I came to that point where I admitted that I, I was spiritually dead. I was spiritually bankrupt. And then I heard the gospel of how Jesus loved me so much that he gave his life for me on the cross, rose from the grave, and I surrendered my life over to him. And I love hearing stories like that. And, and some of you here tonight, you are the wise builder. You have built your life upon the foundation that is Jesus Christ. Some of you here tonight, you're on the rock. And again, the rock, it's, it's Jesus Christ. The only other time this word rock is used in the book of Matthew is in Matthew chapter 16 when Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, hey, hey, this, this statement, this one of his best friends, a guy named Peter, he just, he, you know, he looked at Jesus when Jesus asked them, who do y'all say that I am? And, and Peter says, man, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah. What, what Peter was saying is that you're the savior of the world. You're the only hope for humanity. And, and Jesus looks at Peter and he's like, that's right. And he says that you're the rock, and on this rock, the word that's used right here, he says, I'm gonna build my church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. And so when you look at Matthew 16, it interprets Matthew 7, that the rock that you and I need to build our life upon, the foundation that we need to have before we leave here tonight, is the foundation that we have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our only hope for salvation, that he's the Messiah, he's the Christ, he's the Savior of the world. Is he the Savior of your world? And the wise builder, the wise person, they built their life on the rock. You know that you built your life on the rock when you've repented of your sins, believed that Jesus died on the cross, rose from the grave, and you put his words into practice. Uh, sin, it just literally means missing the mark. You know, sin is things that we do that are bad, and, and sin's also the things that we were supposed to do 
that are good that we just didn't do, you know? So it's like sins of commission and sins of omission. And, and I think I don't have to go through a laundry list of sins. I think most of us kind of have a general idea that God is perfect, but, and we're not. And, and so because of our sin, our sin causes us to fall short of God's glory. And the way you know that you built your life on the, the rock is that you've repented of that sin. What, what repent means, literally you change the way you think and it leads to the change of the way you live. It, it's you have a change of paradigm, if you will. Has there been a time in your life where you've recognized that you're a sinner and you said, I'm gonna repent now and I'm gonna choose to repent for the rest of my life. I'm gonna change the way I think about my situation. I'm gonna change the way I think about my foundation. I'm gonna change the way I think about this deal and I'm gonna see it the way God sees it. That I'm hopelessly lost without God at the center of my life. But I'm gonna choose to believe that I'm desperately loved by the God of the universe, so much so that he sent his only begotten son. And when you repent, what you're saying is I'm gonna change my mind about this. I'm gonna turn from that sin and I'm gonna turn towards Christ. That the power of repentance is not the sin that you turn from, it's the savior that you turn to. And the way that you know you've built your life on the rock is that you have admitted that you're a sinner. You believe that Jesus is the savior and you trusted him and you're following him. It's not that you checked a box. It's not that you prayed a prayer. It's not that you got dunked in some water. It's not that you went through a class. It's that there's been a time in your life where you've turned from your sin. Is your life on the rock of Jesus Christ? Which builder are you? Are you the wise builder or are you the foolish builder? Sadly, in a room like this room and in the room like the room in the city, there's many of you that may be building your life on the sand. That maybe you've come in here tonight and you're building your life on the sandy foundation of, of your own morality. Maybe you've come in here tonight and you're building your life on the sandy foundation of your own, your own kind of cocktail of religiosity or, or you're kind of blending some new age beliefs with some popular beliefs like, you know, you're really a good person deep down inside and, and, you, and you really don't need God that much. You just kind of need him as an accessory in your life. Maybe you're building your life on the sandy foundation of self-gratification or self-fulfillment or self-sufficiency or self-will or self-righteousness. Or maybe you're building your life on the sandy foundation of saying that you don't need Jesus as a savior. Uh, you'll be all right. I, you know, I, when, when death comes, I'm gonna be all right. I got it. But when the storm of all storms hits your life and you have failed to put Jesus's words into practice, if Jesus was here right now in person, he would look at you and say, man, you're being a fool. When Jesus says you're being a fool, he's not like, you're so dumb for real. Like, it's not what he means, all right? When Jesus says you're being a fool, he's not saying, you're so stupid. That's not what a fool means in Jesus's vernacular. When Jesus says you're being a fool, it's not really, it doesn't really have to do with ignorance per se but it has to do with arrogance. That Psalm 14, one says this, that the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And when Jesus says you're like a foolish builder, he's saying that you're arrogant and thinking that you can build your whole life upon sand as a foundation and think that when the storm comes, because the storm's gonna come, that you're gonna be all right, because you got this. And Jesus is saying how how arrogant, how arrogant of you to look up at the universe 
and say, I don't need the maker of the universe. How arrogant of us to look at the, to be so privileged to hear the words of Jesus, the savior of the world and say, you know what? Nah, I disagree or I don't want that. And Jesus is saying, you're like a fool because you're saying in your heart, I don't need God. See, the fool says, I, I know Jesus is a savior, but I can save myself. The fool says this, that I, only, I only need Jesus kind of like a crutch to get me through some situations, but after that, I don't need him no more. He just helped me along the way. And Jesus is saying, if you build your house on the sands of self, then when the storms of God's judgment comes, you're going to fall with a great crash. I was talking with a guy earlier, and he says, what, what about when you feel like you're living in the crash scene? What about, what about, what about when, when you feel like your house has crumbled and you realize that you, it's like you built a subdivision in the Sahara, you know, just sand everywhere? What happens when you feel like that's your reality? And my response to him was, man, I've been there and experienced some storms in my life. But the more that I understand God and the more that I understand his judgment and the more that I understand the consequences of us choosing our own way, the more and more I'm convinced that any storm that I may go through in this life is but a drizzle compared to the judgment of God Almighty when I stand before him. And if I haven't settled my foundation in this life, then I am damned in the one to come. And so, every storm that comes my way in this life I'll be grateful for because it's trying to expose the foundation of my soul. And if I come to realize that my soul is sandy and it's not built upon the rock of Jesus Christ, then I can be grateful for the storm that God brought into my life to lead me to that conclusion. You know what the weather forecast is in heaven? It's like San Diego, man. It's sunny and 77.7. There ain't no storms in heaven. The only storm that you and I will ever have to go through is the storms in this life. And if you are building your life upon the rock of Jesus Christ, he will be with you to help you endure any of those storms. And one day when you face the storm of all storms and you stand before God Almighty as your maker and as your judge, if you built your life upon Jesus, you won't face another storm in eternity. But if you haven't done that, the storms that we go through in this life, they pale in comparison to the eternal storm that is called hell. Separated from God. And the fool says, I'll be all right. There'll be a party in hell. The fool says, hell yeah. The wise says, I'm gonna build my life on the rock. Which builder are you? Which builder are you? That's the big question tonight. Tonight's a night of decision. Here in just a second, we're gonna give you an opportunity to respond to the preaching of God's word and to the prompting of the Holy Spirit in your life. Which builder are you? Are you the wise builder or are you the foolish builder? Uh, earlier, y'all heard that siren going off, right? Remember, remember earlier, y'all heard that tornado siren going off? But, well, one day, a siren's gonna go off. And you're going to be standing before God Almighty. And when that siren goes off and you hear that thing, 
Are you going to be ready to face the storm that's coming? siren goes it'll be too late and tonight we're looking at the most famous message ever preached and it feels good enough for Jesus and it's been good enough for Christians for thousands of years to study and to celebrate this and to invite people to be wise builders then we thought it would be sufficient for us to look at over the last few weeks and I pray, and I pray, and I pray that you don't leave here tonight without having decided that I'm going to build my life on the rock. That you don't leave here tonight without having decided that I'm going to admit that I need Jesus and that he is the Savior. I'm going to put his words into practice. Tonight is a night of decision. And I pray that everyone that is under the sound of my voice will leave this place with confidence and clarity that when the storm of all storms hits, you're going to be just fine. I'm going to invite you just to bow your head and close your eyes. I want to ask you a couple of questions. And then I'm going to give you a chance to respond. There in the crossroads, Jonathan's going to come up after I pray. And he's going to give you guys directions in the city. And here in Lee Summit, we're going to be led just by me, by our team here. Let me ask you a few questions before we get there. Question number one, which builder are you? Are you the wise builder? Has, has there been a time in your life where you've trusted Jesus Christ? Has there been a time in your life where you admitted that, that your, your battery was dead and you needed to be jumped by Jesus? And if you can't look back at a time in your life, man, why don't we get that squared away tonight? Because if you're not certain that you're the wise builder, then by default, you're the fool. And paradigm, don't play the fool. Man, don't say in your heart there is no God. You've been presented with the clear gospel, the truth tonight, the foundation of Christianity. What are you going to do with that? And here in just a second, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. Tonight's a night of decision. Some of you have been coming long enough and it's time to decide. Others of you, this may be your first night, but God's speaking to you. And it's time to decide. Tonight's a night of decision. Which builder are you? So I'm about to pray. In the city, you're going to get John's leadership after I say Amen. And here in the summit, I'll lead us to what's next. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your truth. God, thank you that we don't have to be unsure about what you want for us. But you're so clear. You, you want us to be a wise builder. And then you're so clear as to what that actually means, that we hear your word, we put it into practice. You're, you're, you're not trying to pull a fast one on us and say that there's never going to be any storms, but you tell us when the storms come that we won't be easily shaken because of our foundation is built upon the rock of Jesus Christ. God, just thank you for this truth. But God, I pray that we would be faithful to respond to it. 
just thank you for the loving warning that if we don't, if we choose to play the fool, that great will be our fall, utterly decimated. And so, God, I pray that we would be responsible and that we would respond to what you're speaking to us tonight. And God, you would give us courage to trust you. And God, you would move both here and in the city tonight. In Christ's name I pray.